Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Press the button, my friend. The Out of Show is live, live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge in the Bank Plus studio. Check, check, check it out. I just want to let everybody know that um, Texas A&M and Michigan State are going to end up paying out like 160 to $180 million for their two coaches for the contracts that they locked them up. Uh, That would be Jimbo Fisher. And I know none of you care about Michigan State football, but that's Mel Tucker Um, in a complete and total overreach and overreaction. But that's that's what happens in the world of uh, college football and collegiate athletics this day and age. We are the Out of Bounds Show, brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance. Bundle your car and home and save with your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent. We welcome in our friend Tom Luganbill, National College Football Analyst with ESPN. And hangs out with us most every Monday at this time. He joins me on the Yingling Lager guest line. And Tom Luganville, let's start with what happened in Baton Rouge. Um, I got to give tip of the cap to Lane and Ole Miss. They come out, play fast and physical uh, the first half, get a lead, and so on. And then LSU flipped the script on them. Uh, I am impressed with this Matt House guy, defensive coordinator. He has shut down Mississippi State and Ole Miss Lugs in the second half in those two games. Well, they mauled, I mean, absolutely mauled Ole Miss in the second half of that game. I mean, I, I really couldn't believe what I was watching. And I'll say this about Matt House. He did have this one particular luxury in the sense that the defensive front seven that he inherited there was really, really good and very, very deep. Virtually every player at every position in their 2D was back from a year ago. So it's not like he's having to, you know, put something together and, and put put out a, a patchwork defense. They got guys, man, on defense. And I, I can't quite figure them out. They're a little bit of a, you know, a Jekyll and Hyde type of football team. But offensively, they kind of start to look like they're figuring it out, too. And they didn't have John Emery at running back. What I think might be more impressive about LSU than their defense is what they're getting out of Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels hasn't played anywhere near to this level since he was a true freshman at Arizona State and kind of disappeared for the last couple of years, actually regressed. And now he's playing out of his mind. Yeah, and... Over five yards of carry. 23 is probably a little too much, but you have to do what you have to do in this league. Right. Um, Hey, and nine yards of completion this day and age? 
I mean, that, that's a strong number this day and age, Tom. That's, that's a reflection of explosive plays. Um, average yards per pass attempt. And listen, it doesn't matter who you talk to, what conference you're in, every, every defensive coordinator is going to tell you we can't give up explosives and we have to win in the red zone in the sense of either get a turnover or force a field goal, don't allow touchdowns. Because to your point, Bo, what you just referenced, I mean, that's a high number, but between the 20 and the 20, if you look at college football right now, everybody's going up and down the field on people. Mm-hmm. And it's the teams that can, that can hold up inside the red area and not allow touchdowns that, that are the teams that defensively are successful. They might be giving up a lot of yards, but at the end of the day, how many points are you giving up? I, uh, I don't know if I'm going, uh, if I'm overreacting here, but – it looks to me like in in two weeks, Tom Luganbill, that LSU can give Bama all they want in Baton Rouge. Am I am I going crazy? What do you see? No, I don't think you're going crazy at all. Now, you know, I think the fact that that game's in Baton Rouge is really really important. Um, if you've been there, you know why. Uh, and then I think the other thing that would scare you is LSU's kind of peaking at the right time, right? We talk about the down, the, the down stretch. Are you healthy? Can you deal with attrition? Are you banged up? Like, for example, I had Oklahoma State in Texas, and what a phenomenal job by Mike Gundy and that staff because they are wow. beat up. They are so beat up, and they had their bye week in week three. Like, there's no reprieve for them. There's no rest for them. And so if you're a team like LSU and you're getting hot at the right time and you stay healthy, heck, yeah, you could create some problems. The only issue with Alabama, and you know this as well as anybody, is generally when they've played bad or they've suffered a loss, look out because it's scorched earth the rest of the way because all of a sudden it's like that team is able to press the reset button and everybody in their path gets boat raced. Yeah. we This could line up to be one hell of a football game in two weeks. Um Sure. With both teams taking a week off, and I'm excited. Uh, yeah, and you're right, man. Jaden Daniels, wow. Uh, Brian Play Kelly. out of his mind. You know, what they're doing with him, and the fact that Kelly didn't lose his mind early and move off of him is a credit to Brian Kelly and that offensive staff because we, I mean, coaches, are not just us, coaches are known for, for knee-jerk reactions at times. Luke? Sure. and. Well, and- by the, by the way, real quick on that, so the offensive coordinator is Mike Denbrock. Now, Mike was the offensive coordinator at Cincinnati the last four years. You know, he had Desmond Ritter. They were, you know, obviously very, very successful offensively. But what's interesting is he worked for Brian Kelly at Notre Dame and was let go. And Brian Kelly hired him back after seeing the work they were doing at, at, at Cincinnati and how important the tight end position is. And he's worked miracles with Jaden Daniels. Yeah, he has. Uh, Ole Miss and A&M. The, all right, so A&M is in, I mean, they're just falling. They're dysfunctional. The wheels are falling right. off. You know, Max Johnson's out. Haynes King got hurt. Wigman went in. Jimbo doesn't believe in simplifying anything for a for a no. true freshman QB. I mean, my goodness, give him three plays that he can work with or something. Right. Very, very simple. You're on the road. You've been there. I've been there. Even though it's not a program we talk about a lot, Williams-Bryce, I mean, Hard. they pack it. They pack it out, 80,000. Yeah. No doubt. And it's loud, and it's a 
difficult place, especially if you give them momentum. And mm. South Carolina got that early. That's right. That's by, right. By the way, how is South Carolina five and two? Like, <laughs> with the way Sp- Spencer Rattler is so erratic, and I mean, to me, that that loss by Texas A and M is really an indictment on A and M because, and, and credit Shane Beamer. Uh, the, the job they've done in a short period of time, they don't have anywhere near the talent on that roster that Texas A&M does, and they're 5-2. and two. It's I amazing. I know. All right, so A&M, this is trending. That even, even with the $90 million, and again, I think they'll bo- their boosters will, will not even hesitate if, if they feel like that's where they are. Man, I didn't think there was any way until after the 2023 season. But I look at sure. their schedule, Lukes, and I look at them. All right, they have Ole Miss. Uh, I don't know how old, beat up Ole Miss is, but Lane is so far ahead and above, you know, Jimbo. I expect Ole Miss to win. Then they host Florida. I give Florida a slight edge. Then they go to Auburn. Hell, I don't know if that's off the table for Auburn. And then they host mm-hmm. LSU. I mean, they've got more losses in front of them, Tom. There's no question. They absolutely do. On offense. And, you know, again, if you noticed, they played a lot of Ben playing with, and that's fine. Maybe they're trying to mix it up, and they're, and they're trying to say, hey, listen, if we're going to take some, some lumps, let's do it with the guys that we think are going to be here for the next two, two and a half years. But I don't care who you are. You put that many freshmen on the field at the same time, you're going to struggle kids aren't ready for that they might be physically gifted enough but you're in the back half of the season right now and you're playing with a bunch of inexperienced guys you go on the road in that conference and and you're gonna you're gonna take some on the chin and you you reference going to Auburn that's not going to be easy just because of the environment right you got LSU they're getting hot down the stretch I mean you you reference the schedule I mean it is it's it's daunting and and when I say that not necessarily because everybody else is just you know, a college football playoff participant, but because they can't seem to get off the mat and get the length of their pinky finger on offense. No. Um, and he will not. I think it's official, Tom Luganville, that, that Jimbo Fisher is not capable of tailoring his offense around the person, personnel that he that he has. It's the opposite. I would agree with that. Yeah, and I think Anaya Smith being out has hurt them. I mean, there, there's no doubt that that's hurt them because it's really left them with one significant receiving threat. Oh, and by the way, he's a true freshman in Evan Stewart. So I, I think that has hampered the offense a little bit. But, no, you're right. I mean, Connor Wigman is a really talented guy. Everybody and their brother recruited him. Maybe the most productive quarterback in high school in the state of Texas last year. Very, very good. And if you're going to play with him, give him a shot. Like, give him a chance to – actually succeed. Um, and, and, and listen, not everybody's Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston won the Heisman Trophy as a first-round draft. It's probably for a reason. Maybe he was able to handle things as a redshirt freshman that the vast majority of redshirt freshmen can't handle. So if you're going to go to a true freshman in Connor Wigman, I don't think you can treat him like Jameis Winston because he hasn't shown that. All right, intriguing storyline this weekend. Okay. Lane Kiffin's former defensive coordinator, DJ Durkin, who they spent a right. lot of time together for two years, is now at A&M. Tom, you coached, you played Power 5 quarterback, you've now been covering it forever. 
Talk about two guys who know everything that the other wants to do. I think that is an intriguing matchup this weekend, Lane Train and DJ Durkin. It, it is an intriguing matchup, and I think kind of an X factor, and I don't know all the details, but if Zach Evans is still in a leg brace, that does not help Ole Miss. Um, the one-two punch of, of Evans and, and Quinshawn Judkins is lethal. I've seen it in person. I think without one or the other, you're a little bit hamstrung in the sense that you might not be what you want to be in the run game. And if you're DJ Durkin, that's priority number one. You cannot let Ole Miss run the football down your throat. And I think that Ole Miss is one of the most improved parts of their football team is in the offensive line. And and the Judkin kid, kid is a difference maker. But listen, I, I think that all Ole Miss has to do Ole Miss just has to play their game and let Texas A&M screw it up. You know, if you don't, don't that's, give. That's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, yeah, I, I, I expect Jimbo. I don't know if Durkin will. I think he'll come up with a good game plan. Um, sure. and that doesn't mean that he'll stop Kiffin by any stretch, but uh, they'll probably give the offense some opportunities, but no, I, I, I tend to agree with you that the Jimbo could, could royally, royally screw this up. I, I want to discuss Jackson Dart. Um, I know he's coming off a somewhat tough performance. I'm sold now. Yeah. I, 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 I needed to see the body of work. You had talked to us about him. Um, mm-hmm. He's good right now. If Lane's Going there next year good. and they're together, and with 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 Hendon Hooker and Bryce Young leaving, um, I think this guy could be an absolute star in college football. Jackson Dart. There's there's no question. Go back to the early the early sample size of Matt Corral, and you could make an argument that Jackson's ahead of where Matt was, and and that's only going to become, I think, more of the offense is going to open up. They're, they're going to develop even more of a trust. Because I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, I, you know, Lane Kiffin, at least with us, you know, he, he was not shy about the fact that, and this, again, this was going into week three, right, not week eight or nine, but going into week three, that the only thing he's been concerned about with, with Jackson Dart is, is knowing when to take a calculated risk and knowing when to throw it into the sec- second row or throw it in the ground and live to play the next down. And I think he's growing through that. He's starting to develop some more trust there. And the more trust that's developed there, the more comfortable the play caller you're going to feel with the, the full plate of the offense available to you. So, again, quarterbacks, man, if, when you're young and you're inexperienced, even if you're really, really talented, there's always going to be stuff you haven't seen. There's always going to be a wrinkle that maybe you didn't prepare for. And you're going to learn, and then you're going to you're going to put it to memory. Then you're going to expect it the next time it comes. But all of that stuff's great on a whiteboard or sitting in a meeting room. But you got to do it, man. You got to go out and play. Yeah. And I think the fact that Jackson Dart's playing and he's starting to gain confidence, so is Lane Kiffin. They're going to be just fine at the quarterback. I, I really believe that. I agree. 
Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. Tom Luganville on the Yingling Lager guest line, National College Football Analyst with ESPN. This is the Out of Bounds Show. All right, I want to throw some numbers out at you. Um, Mississippi State, Alabama. Uh, Mississippi State had 62 rushing yards. Bama had 29. Yeah. Um, yeah. But here's where I think the big hiccup was. Well, there's several. But uh, Will Rogers averaged four yards per completion, and that's yep. – just not enough to methodically go down the field against Bama. You have to generate explosive plays because eventually if you do a big 11-13 play drive, yeah. they're going to make you make a mistake, Luke's. Absolutely. Or they won't make you make one. You'll just make one because it's, the percentages don't weigh into your favor, right? right? And, and and you're right. I mean, it, that that having four yards – you know, per attempt, that's kind of like the old school air raid of the mesh concept, the dink and dunk, the Tim Couch of Kentucky, you know, get the ball out of your hand quick, but you're never really pushing the ball down the field. Um, but again, I mean, I, I think that with Alabama, the approach that they took, you're, you're not going to beat us through the air. They, they, it was very similar to what Barry Odom did at Arkansas when, when, when Arkansas went and, and, and played A&M and, and, and excuse me, and played uh, Mississippi State. The only difference was on that day, when he saw the three-man front, he being Mike Leach, they ran the ball 36 times for 170 something yards. All right, they they kind of took what the defense gave them. Um, a much more talented defense in Alabama though this past weekend. Yeah, and uh, they just don't have the guys at wide receiver to to generate explosive plays. Uh, well, yeah. here, Golding went. You saw this. He went six DBs, two interior sure. linemen, and three linebackers. But he knew that that would be enough to control. Well, Will's not a threat to run, one. And he right, knew, he right, knew exactly. that that would be enough to disrupt the pocket, put pressure on him, and that he could drop those six DBs. So I thought it was a good There's, Yeah. I mean, he's sitting there saying basically what they did is they had five people in the box and they dared Mississippi State to run it. Right. Knowing or believing that that they probably wouldn't. Even if they gave it to them, they probably wouldn't, which ended up, for the most part, being being the case. And, you know, Alabama is, is so talented, even if they're not at their best, um, they they can still overwhelm you. I, I, what's interesting is, and I know they ran Oh, and the by the way, the they slept walk yeah. through that game, Tom. I, I just have to call it. Like, I mean, Completely. They were coming off Tennessee. They weren't interested. They're more focused on LSU. They, they slept walk through the game. Well, that and it, and they and they were that was probably the hardest week in Tuscaloosa that that team's ever faced. Because that was probably not a fun building to be in. So by the time they got out to get to the game field, those kids were probably relieved, right? And just kind of said, "All right, let's go, let's go play ball." Um, but I, I'll, I'll say this: I couldn't believe that number. What is it? The last five contests in Tuscaloosa. Was a, it's 146 to 9, I think. Yes. Is, has been the point differential. Holy smokes. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, so let's switch gears to I, I need to do one minute on Texas real quick because they're coming to the yeah. SEC. Um, they're still a top 10 recruiter, and they went on the road and got – you were there. You called the game, yeah. and, and Gundy and Derek Mason got the better of – of course, they're both excellent coaches, but Oklahoma State yeah. does not recruit like they do, um, Tom. And you just have to wonder, when is Sart going to start turning this and start beating people that he out-recruits by 25 to 40 spots? Yeah. Well, what Mike Gundy does do is he develops players maybe as good, if not better, than anybody else Agree. in college football. And I will say this, for people who haven't really looked at that roster, that roster's got more high-profile players on it than people think. Um, you know, two the day that were true freshmen were in the ESPN 300 this last year. Um, they've got uh, a quarterback who was in the ESPN 300. And they've got an outside linebacker in Colin Oliver who was, who was highly ranked in the ESPN 300 for us. So they, they, they've got better players. They, they just don't have 20 of them in every single class. They have five to seven of them. And then the rest of those guys, they registered and, and they develop. And the, listen, I'll say this. The te- first of all, Texas lost that game because Quinn Ewers was so bad, so bad, that they had no chance of winning that game. And then for whatever reason, Steve Sarkeesian would not give the ball to Bashan Robinson, wow. who had almost 140 yards in the first half, ended up with 140 total yards. Um, he wouldn't hand up the ball in the second half. I don't know why. I don't know if they felt like they were falling behind. I mean, they had a 14-point lead on the road. You're on a three-game win streak. You kind of look like things are turning around. But I'll say this. Texas played with three true freshmen in the offensive line. Two of them are starters and have been for three or four weeks. They're vastly improved in that area. So some of those players, I think, are – in the next two to three years, are going to be really, really good players. Here's one. I, I think I've shared this with you, but it, it's worth mentioning again because it, it kind of goes to your point. It has been 21 years since the University of Texas has had an offensive tackle drafted in the first round. Oh, my goodness. How does that happen in Texas? And how does that happen? And, and the reason why I bring that up is I think, I think they might have a guy at left tackle now in Kelvin Banks that could be that guy in two years. So they have improved there. They are getting – they're listen, they're really improved on defense. They just happen to be playing an offense that goes 100 miles an hour, and Spencer Sanders was the player of the game on both teams. I mean, he, he carried Oklahoma State this weekend. All right. I got a couple more minutes maybe. Uh, Georgia-Florida this weekend. Are you expecting Florida to be able to do anything in Jacksonville to make this a fun, entertaining, competitive game? Luke's. Depends on if Anthony Richardson can throw the football, which I don't feel overly confident that he can with precision and accuracy and consistent performance. Now, he might show flashes, but you're going to have to take the bad with the good, and the bad is generally airmailing throws that most guys make, turning the ball over. I don't think you can be one-dimensional at quarterback and beat Georgia because you know they're going, yeah. to, they're going to be stocked. They're going to dare Florida to throw the football. They're going to say, you're not beating us with quarterback run. All right, we're going to stack the box. We're going to go one-on-one outside, and let's see if you're good enough to beat us. I think that's that's the question that has to be answered for Florida. Okay, and last one, 30-60. Uh, Garrett Schrader played his ass off for Syracuse. Clemson is lucky. Uh, I thought the flags were flying their way. I just, I'm not buying them. I, they may make it to the college football playoff because of path of least resistance and so on, but I am not buying Clemson. Your thoughts? 
I, I think I'm a little bit more bullish on them. Um, I, I still have concerns under center. They're so good on defense. Listen, Syracuse is pretty good now. That was that that's not a uh, a team that a lot of people want to play. I still think that they could cause some problems the rest of the way. But I'll say this about Dabo. You know, we get, we are accustomed in many ways to seeing Clemson over the last 12, 13 years just manhandle people, right? I mean, there's really two coaches that have, have taken care of business consistently against Alabama, and that's been Dabo Sweeney and Gus Malzahn. But it's the close games that Dabo doesn't get credit for. He is 37-5 and five in one-possession games. Wow. And so say what you want. They, they did everything to lose the game, but they still won it because they got better players than, than Syracuse does. All right. We'll leave it there. Where are you this week? I got an interesting one, man. I've got the 17th ranked Fighting Illini on the road against Nebraska on ABC. Oh, Nebraska's next head coach, Brett Bielema, will be coaching against him <laughs> this weekend. Very, very possibly. It's going to be fun. Man, he is doing a hell of a job in Champaign. Coach you got to give that man. dude. I mean, he can flat. The Big Ten West is a mess. It is they a mess. They might win it. They might go to the championship game. I think that'd be so cool. He's a hell of a football it coach. It would be. All right, bud. Be good. See you, man. See ya. Tom Lugan, Bill. Guest line, the Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance. Bundle your car and home and save with your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent. Show is also driven by your next pre-owned SUV or truck at Mack Hike in Flowood. Right down from Rick's Pro Truck. MacHikeFlowood.com for your next truck or SUV.